0: Okay, welcome to the show. A quick note of self-promotion before jumping into today's episode. I have published a book called Communion. It's a compendium of all my commusing's essays from 2020, many of which I have read here on the show. Now in the book, I've also attached various writing exercises to the essays, exhortations for self-examination and expression, if you will. So if you are inclined to purchase one, it is available at onecommune.com communion. Okay, so today's guest on the show is the Indian mystic and author, Sadhguru. The format diverges a bit from the normal configuration of the show. A few weeks ago, I had the distinct honor to host Sadhguru on our Topanga property at an intimate gathering. And Sadhguru was generous enough to answer a number of questions, starting with mine, but also from others in attendance. And we were fortunate enough to record it. So we convened specifically to celebrate the publishing of his new book titled Karma, in which he addresses many of the misconceptions around this term that has become embedded in the spiritual lexicon of virtually every language and culture. In many ways, the conventional understanding of karma as a record of transgressions that then subsequently determines your life and the next one and the one after that addresses this universal question of why things happen the way they do. Well, Sadhguru untangles some of the confusion around our understanding of karma in a way that puts us back in the driver's seat of our own lives. He is full of wisdom and humor and parables and stories, so I'm confident that you'll enjoy this episode. And Commune has just launched a course with Sadhguru called Wisdom of the Mystic, and you can sample it for free for 5 days at onecommune.com/wisdom. So, without further delay, here's Sadhguru live from Commune Topanga.
1: KALUNA JANATI TAV SAMAPANAM DRUSHTUMAYA TAV MAHAKARHA YOGESHVARA KAALA, kaala. Yogeshvara
0: I suppose I've always had a very conventional sense of the notion of karma. That there is a robed, long bearded wizard on a mountaintop. <laughs> with sort of a moral... Are
1: you you accusing me of something? Um, All I did was I didn't shave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who uh, wields kind of a moral abacus, if you will, um, and and registering my transgressions, of, of which there are many, and that my life then becomes a sort of cosmic retribution, if you will, um, due to these misdeeds and malfeasance. So I wonder if you could help me untangle that potential confusion.
1: This whole talk about retribution, reward and punishment, is coming from a certain dogma of belief. Is it okay, I can say anything? Because the problem with me is, uh, once uh, I start chewing on truth, I'm completely unaware who is around me. I'm not socially sensitive that way. Is that okay? Hello? (laughs) It never so happened that ever a hand from the sky came down and punched you in the face. Nor did it ever so happen that when you were just about to do something silly and fall off this branch a hand came from the sky and held you back both these things have not happened though people have always been hoping such a thing will happen of course you want your enemy to be punched and you to be held but such things have not happened well we can believe what belief essentially means is We neither have the courage nor the commitment to seek what is true. So, we believe whatever is socially convenient. If you are in a certain society, you believe something and you think that is absolute. If you go to another society, they will laugh at your beliefs. But they have something else funny. So everybody has their set of beliefs. Belief essentially means that you are not interested in truth. That means you're willing to make up something that you do not know. Somewhere, there is not enough sincerity or courage to see what I do not know as I do not know. Because first of all, the value of I do not know has been completely tarnished and rubbished by people. I do not know is the greatest possibility in your life. Only when you see, I do not know, the longing to know, the seeking to know, and the possibility of knowing becomes a reality. Whatever I don't know, I will believe. Well, you will sleep well tonight. That's a whole thing. So you must make up your mind, first of all. Are you looking for solace? Or are you looking for a solution in this life? If you're looking for solace, just believe something. It'll work. You'll sleep well. If everything around you is… all the situations around you are doing well, you will live okay and die. Nothing… No… Nothing wrong with it. It's just limited, that's all. There's nothing wrong… There's nothing wrong in eating, sleeping, reproducing and just dying one day. What's wrong with that? We are all here because somebody ate, slept and reproduced, that's why we're here, all right so nothing wrong with it it is just that it's limited if something called the madness of seeking has come to you then it won't work that's all if you're a sane person socially correct it's perfectly fine to believe something and be happy about it what's wrong nothing wrong so beliefs and beliefs various types of beliefs all over the world (laughs) I'm sure many of you have traveled around the world and you know how many sorts of beliefs are there. The important thing is just to know that if we work hard enough on you from your childhood, we can make you believe just about any damn thing in the universe. Hello? We need to rub you nicely from your childhood. That's the important thing. If we leave you free till you are 810, then you are trouble. We must rub you down right from the beginning so that you will simply believe what your parents believed their parents believed their parents believed forever okay because it gives you it's a club you can call it by many names but it's actually a club you all believe one thing you're one club they all believe something they're another club but at least the clubs don't wage wars Uh, maybe they'll have little social uh, you know social media tiffs but uh, these hardcore beliefs will lead to enormous amount of confrontations and conflicts in the world leaving that aside about karma karma is not a concept that you or me can make up because you need to understand this comes from a cultural dimension and a spiritual dimension where there is no belief system as such, Well, here and there, people try to create some beliefs in small pockets, but overall there is no belief system. That's why Indians are eternally confused, because there is no one belief system. About everything there is an argument, all right? If there are five people, they have ten opinions. <laughs> yes. So, this is because a culture that was steeped in spirituality Today only largely retains only remnants of it, the jargon of it, not the, you know, the fruit of it is not there, just the jargon is there. Uh, Not that it is not at all there, it is there, but not like how it used to be where nearly at least eighty to ninety percent of the people were in some kind of spiritual practice just a few centuries ago. That is not there anymore. Because of that, lot of interpretations and misinterpretations happen. About retribution, the fundamental psychology of int- retribution comes from this simplistic idea of, if you are a good guy, you are going to heaven, if you are a bad guy, you are going to hell. How many are going to heaven here, I want to know? Hello? You going? Good. But you must first check out what's there, you know. (laughs) There's no Wi-Fi, just telling you. (laughs) So in the previous generation, if you asked how many of you want to go to heaven, 90 percent would have raised their hand. All of you. Just one person raised, maybe there are a few more. Maybe ten percent will raise their hands in this generation. In the next generation, ask them how many of their… how of them want their life to be managed by heaven. Nobody. Almost nobody. Not even one or two percent. So essentially, in just a matter of three, four generations, heaven is collapsing. But why is it collapsing? What is happening? Why should we go to heaven or not go to heaven? Heaven or hell, both I am saying, I don't want to… Say both of them every time, so I'm just saying heaven, both. Either you fall here or there, it's… there's just a wall between the two. If you're a good guy, you fall this way. If you're a bad guy, you fall that way. I don't know where the girls go, nobody spoke about it. (laughs) Always the talk is about good guys fall this way, bad guys fall that way. Where do the girls go? (laughs) Nowhere has it been spoken, because uh, it's like this. Uh, what is in heaven? In the Hindu heaven, food is very good <laughs> If you are a foodie, you must go to Hindu heaven <laughs> If you go to another heaven, there are white-gowned ladies floating around in the sky, in the clouds. You like that kind of ambience, you can go there. If you go to another kind of heaven, you will be confronted with virgin problems. But, what does it take to go there? This happened in Alabama. Anybody from Alabama? Because before I crack a joke, I'm just making sure that I'm okay. <laughs> because except in the shower, everywhere… everywhere else they pack a gun out there <laughs> So this is a Sunday school, the Sunday school teacher is going full fire. The audience are not like you, all tiny tots, catch them young policy." So he's going full fire. In his rhetoric, he stopped and said, what do you have to do to go to heaven? Little Mary in the first row said, if I scrub the church floor every Sunday morning, I will go to heaven. Absolutely! It's a needed chore, you know. Another little girl stood up and said, if I share fifty percent of my pocket money with my less privileged friend, I will go to heaven. Correct. Little Tommy in the back bench stood up and said, you got to die first (laughs) That is a qualification. Hello? You got to die first. When you die, usually, depending on your culture, Either we will bury you or burn you or feed you to the birds. Different cultures do different things or throw you in the ocean. Essentially, you put your body back to this planet because this body is a piece of planet. You slowly gathered. If you have not done anything eco-friendly, at least putting the body back into the planet is a basic duty. We must do one day. Hello? but you will do anyway. One way or the other so you left your body here and went to heaven now what do you do with good food and virgins i'm asking you don't have a body hello these are all problems that matter to you only when you have a body isn't it hello hello are we on talking terms yeah (laughs) now These kind of things have been on for a long time, let's keep them aside. So this retribution, it never happened to you, all right? Maybe somebody who was your friend turned against you and did some poking, or somebody else on the street did some poking, or some other force in this society. Never from the sky retribution came and hit you. Well, even if you're hit by the lightning, you know it's just lightning, it could hit anybody, all right? Just now, before I left India about four weeks ago, twenty-three elephants got burnt up in a lightning strike. This is the first time such a thing has happened. Twenty-three elephants in one place, they were close together in a herd, lightning strike, all twenty-three got fried. So is this elephantine retribution? No, these things are happening, all right there is a lightning there is a flood there is a volcano there is a road accident these are happening because these are all forces in the nature in many ways it's happening it is just that because we have no explanation for that we just come up with a belief system because we don't have the courage to see that we don't know what we do not know i do not know what's the problem it is so straight of you sincere of you human of you to see i do not know because if you see i do not know genuinely understand experience and realize that i do not know your intelligence will be awake even if your body sleeps always on the moment you say i know your intelligence sleeps even if you're awake so this is a fundamental tool Because the most important aspect of who you are right now as a human being, compared to every other wonderful species which are around us, millions of them, on there are a heap of creatures, all right, millions of them, millions of species. You're on top of that in terms of evolutionary process. But human beings are not feeling like top of the world, simply because they don't have an active intelligence they put it to sleep they try to live with their memory or their imagination imaginations of heaven and hell memories of past what happened yesterday what happened 10 years ago what happened 10 years ago people can still suffer hello what may happen day after tomorrow they already suffer what happened 10 years ago does not exist right now isn't it Hello. If you're suffering, is that hallucination or is it existentially correct? You must answer me, hello? <laughs> if you're suffering something that does not exist,
0: uh, what should
1: we call you? Hello? <laughs> no, there are no good words for that. I won't use them, bad words, but there are no good words to describe somebody who is suffering something which does not exist essentially because they're misunderstanding their psychological process as existential. This has happened because they have taken their individuality too seriously. Anybody who thinks I'm really fantastic guy, all you have to do is close your mouth and hold your nose for two minutes And you know, you're not such an individual. Only because these two holes are functioning, you're alive. This transaction in terms of breath, in terms of food, in terms of drink, transactions are happening on all levels. That's why you're on. So your individuality is a fake. What was not you yesterday is you today in this body. What is you today may not be you tomorrow, isn't it? So your idea of individuality is a completely your psychological imagination, your individuality. Because of this, karma comes in. Because in this vast cosmos where you do not know where it begins, where it ends, you, a small little individual, it terrifies you. You have to make up things. You have to make up things to survive here because if you just look like this, like this, you don't know where this begins, where it ends. In the middle of nowhere, this small little mud ball called earth is spinning around and we are sitting here and look at us – fear. Not knowing how to handle our fear, we make up something nice. Somebody's up there managing everything, don't worry, he's a good manager of things. (laughs) And you're suffering, you must be a bad guy you're having a good time oh you must have done some great karma somewhere (laughs) all right (laughs) so this kind of thing has been going on reward and punishment reward and punishment because fear and guilt is the way to control people karma comes into play in your life when you understand life is not about control life is about liberation Any number of people coming to me and asking, Sadhguru, how to control my mind? I said, why the hell do you want to control your mind? Do you want to liberate your mind or control your mind? Oh, yeah, I would like to liberate, but how to control? (laughs) The problem is right now, they are having mental diarrhea. That's the problem. When you are having mental diarrhea, you think of control. No. Your mind, your intelligence, your faculties, who you are must be liberated. Boundaries should be broken, not set. Control means to set boundaries. To liberate means to break boundaries. See, look at yourself. Whoever you are right now, whoever you may be, whatever you may be, you would like to be something more. Hello? Yes or no? Let's say that something more happens right now. What? What? Something more? That happened right now. What? Something more. We can go on like this. Let's say… What's your name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, it's a right name also. Let's say we made you the queen of this planet. (laughs) Hey, don't look at me, hopefully. I will not commit such blunder (laughs) Let's say we made you the queen of this planet, are you fulfilled and… there? No, you will want the moon, of course. We give you the moon, the solar system, just a small one The moment you are the queen of solar system, you will look at the rest of the galaxy. We gave you one galaxy, will you close there? No. So, there is something within you which wants to expand doesn't like it doesn't like boundaries wherever you set the boundary it wants to be something more and something more and something more you are not looking for more you are looking for all something within you is longing to become boundless but right now trapped within physical limitations what karma means is the basis of your physicality see right now you have a physical body this physical body has taken this human form whatever you may eat let's say you ate only worms for the next five years do you think you will become a bird hello am i asking you no you do what you want there is memory here that it will not get confused it knows this is a human being do whatever you want this will only take human form because there is a software you cannot remove this is karma this is evolutionary memory. Next, there is genetic memory. You may not remember, I can pick on you… I'm picking on you because you're in the front row, okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let us say, five-hundred years ago, how your great-great-great-great-grandmother looked, you do not know, but her nose is sitting on your face. How your forefathers looked a million years ago, you do not know. But even the skin tone, your body remembers so there's enormous amount of evolutionary and genetic memory over that comes karmic memory like this there are eight dimensions of memory i will not go into all that that is that's a humongous aspect so now all these memories put together here sits elizabeth when she says i am elizabeth it is an amalgamation of all this unimaginable levels of memory every cell in your body carries this when i say every cell in your body carries this what i'm saying is every cell in your body carries more memory than your entire brain can ever imagine trillion of times more after all see your parents not just yours all of ours our parents were so stingy they gave us only one cell each virus coming at us in millions (laughs) only one cell see that one cell remembered everything that it needs to remember isn't it they didn't have to give you a million cells to make you who you are just one cell nothing has been forgotten everything was there in that one cell isn't it so in every cell the volume of memory that you carry in one single cell is trillion times more than what you can imagine in your brain so there is a whole body of memory which is what we're calling as karma. certain aspects of memory are articulate certain aspects are inarticulate some are conscious some are subconscious and unconscious like this variety of memories without these memories you don't exist you cannot have a form there is a form to you only because of memory if there is no memory there is no physical form so all this together is called karma so does karma it is not a concept that you believe or disbelieve it is always working here as you sit here since you were born what you were exposed to what you were not exposed to Pleasant things that happened, unpleasant things that happened, every thought, every emotion, every action that you performed, all that together, the residual memory of all that is you right now, isn't it, as a person? Now this memory is not bad or good, it's just there. Only because human beings have such a vivid sense of memory, there is a possibility of our life becoming rich. Suppose what happened day before yesterday, you forgot and only yesterday's memory is there in your head right now. If this happens to your body, you will disintegrate. But let's say even in your mind, only what happened yesterday is in your mind. You have a very insignificant life, isn't it? Because from your childhood, every little thing – important, not important, good ones, bad ones, good, bad, ugly, every kind – is there in your head with all this. You are a… there is a richness of experience to you. So karma is neither good nor bad, it is a platform upon which you sit. If you stand on this platform and do your act today, no problem, your act will be rich. But if this platform becomes like quicksand and you start sinking into it or you put glue on it and once you put your foot there, you can't move anymore. This has happened to people. Their memories have made them into statues. They can't move anywhere. They're just stuck. Maybe they got this position or this position, they're just stuck there. This is the way I can think. This is the way I can feel. This is the only way I can do it. I can only love this person. I cannot think of even looking at this person. Endlessly, they are fixing themselves like this because they're allowing memory to seep into now memory means past you cannot fix the past you can only experience the present but you can craft tomorrow the way you want what is now is already here you can only experience it what is yesterday is not here you cannot fix it you can only pick and choose what you want that is if you have created a little distance between you and your entire memory bank Now you can pick and choose what you want, otherwise it seeps into your life everywhere. It won't let you live. It will make sure your present is like yesterday, your tomorrow is like yesterday, everything is like yesterday. It will not allow you to live a fresh life. You are not a fresh life in many ways, because without you knowing, your grandmother seeps into you. When you were eighteen, you thought, I will never be like my mother, I'm like this. But by the time you're forty five, suddenly you walk like her, you sit like her, you talk like her. Have you seen this happening? (laughs) No, no, I didn't say you're forty five, (laughs) okay? I wish I was (laughs) forty (laughs) five. So, because your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather seeps into your life, they try to live. Dead people are greedy, they want to live through the living. It's very important that you enjoy them, you remember them, you value them, you respect them, but they must be a little away. If you do not create this distance, you don't have a life of your own, you're just an extension of something. Well, you may be proud of that also, but I'm just sorry because you're not a fresh life, because no new possibility will open up. Above all, you cannot move into the freedom space, you will just be ruled by memory memory is a fantastic thing at the same time memory is a boundary see now i've seen you elizabeth if i see you tomorrow hey elizabeth why because you're in my memory if you're not in your if you're not in my memory i will look at you pushing stranger all right so you must understand memory is a boundary of your experience right now these people are in my memory oh these are all my friends these people are not in my memory who are they you know so memory is a great possibility at the same time it's a prison of its own you're living within the sphere of your memory is simply because because people want to live with the familiar always this means what's in their memory or what's in their karma what this means is you have you are building a wall of self-preservation the walls of self preservation after some time are the walls of self-imprisonment. You cannot help it. If you build a wall around you, because there was an enemy outside, let's say, you built a wall around you, now it's not only that enemy cannot come in, even after he's gone, you cannot get out, isn't it? So this is karma, that your karma is a possibility, at the same time it's a limitation. So it's not about getting rid of it, it is not about labeling it good or bad. I'm particularly stressing on this, because everything in this part of the world is labeled as good or bad, everything is either good or bad. I'm seeing even on international news channels, people are using words like good guys and bad guys. The bad guys are always on the other side, of course. That means essentially I'm good, you're bad, that's all, the fundamental principle is that. All right? Whatever I do is good, whatever you do must be bad. Well, what this leads to, you know, but karma means it is the most dynamic way to exist. That is, you understand who you are right now, whether you know all the detail of it or not, but you're acknowledging who I am right now is entirely my making. Who I will be tomorrow. Now comes into my hands. When we say karma, it does not mean everything in the world will happen your way. My life is my karma means my life is my making. Does it mean to say everything in the world will happen my way? World happening your way or not is not important. This one person must happen your way. If this one person happened your way, you're a fantastic being. If you are happening exactly the way you want, would you keep yourself blissful? or miserable hello hello you must answer this (laughs) question blessful whatever you may want for your neighbor at least what you want for yourself is highest level of pleasantness isn't it the only problem is you are not happening the way you want because somewhere you have attributed yourself to something else that i am like this because my father well we can't change the guy now That was done long time ago. Now if I say I'm like this because my father was not all right, well, you're a lost case, aren't you? You're a lost case because who you are right now, this is your karma. If you see this, this moment's karma will be one hundred percent in your hands. Past karma, you cannot change. What you did yesterday, can you change? You cannot change. This wanting to change comes because you're looking at something that is dead. See, among dead people, you don't say, Oh, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy. Whoever dies, you... Hello? This much culture everywhere there is in the world, except a few people who do terrible things, even to the dead bodies. There are a few people like that. Otherwise, generally, in every culture, irrespective of what religion, culture, whatever it is, when somebody is dead, because he's not a good guy or a bad guy, It's just there no trouble isn't it (laughs) so this problem of labeling everything as good or bad is coming from the fundamental aspect like this because we perceive everything partially see right now if you see this part of my hand you cannot see this part of my hand this is the nature of your perception What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, everything is in parts. You never grasp the whole thing. Because of this, you perceive everything in parts. Once you perceive things in parts, see, light is good, darkness is bad. No, no, whole lot of creatures won't agree, I'm… maybe even the Los Angeles society won't agree (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> there is more life I- – I'm not talking about your city, I'm talking about the world, okay? In terms of various species, there is more life alive in the night than in the day. The forest comes alive in the nights. So you… T- you sit with uh let let's say you sit with an owl and start an argument, which is light, which is darkness? You and the owl, where do you think it'll get? Hello. Endless argument. Who is right, I'm asking? You or the owl? Hello? Both right. Both right. See, if you are saying both right, this means either you are in the diplomatic <coughs> core or you have a successful marriage <laughs> You learn to say both, both, both to everything. See, one can be right. Or the other can be right, or both can be wrong. Both can't be right, isn't it? Which is light, which is darkness? How can both be right? But in marriage it happens. You have to say both, otherwise you're fired (laughs) So this is something we need to understand that our faculties as sense perception is only good for survival, not for exploring the nature of the existence. It is nice, you can see, hear, smell, taste. This is good for survival process. If you see clearly, you will survive better. If you hear clearly, you will survive better. But this will not open up the doors of existence for you to know, because there is no knowing. I'm saying something as stark as like light and darkness, you cannot decide. There is no experiential dimension to it to clearly tell you which is which, isn't it? Because a whole lot of people, whole lot of creatures think Night is light, day is darkness. So, that is how limited sense perception is, because sense perception is attuned for your survival. In you, the survival is tuned one way. In the owl, it's another way. In all other creatures, it's different ways. The way you see things, other creatures are not seeing things that way. That doesn't mean they are wrong and you are right. It's just that, nobody's seeing the full picture with this we are making conclusions not only about creation also about the creator this is like let's say we gave you a million piece jigsaw you found four pieces you put it together and say wow this is a crow but it's a million piece jigsaw so if you want to perceive this you need to transcend sense perception if you transcend per- sense perception, you have no problem with karma. Karma has no impact on you. It doesn't matter what kind of karma you have, it has no impact on you. If you are limited to your sense perception, karma plays its role, because the very way you see something, it influences that. Because eye is not a simple camera, it is depending upon the memory bank within the brain for it to see people in a certain way just based on the shape of the nose or color of the skin or something else like that thousand things happen in people's minds isn't it hello all the time so this is because they genuinely feel that way see they're not pretending they genuinely feel that way this is why it's extremely important that we handle this karma properly because If you really want to solve all the discriminatory process on the planet, the most important thing is to understand, how are you coming to this? And what basis is somebody beautiful, somebody ugly, and what basis is somebody good, somebody bad? If you look at this, you will see it is your karma. That is the way your karma is, unless you rise above that, You cannot help making judgments, this is good, this is bad, this is okay, that's ugly, that's beautiful. Like this, it goes on making without your permission, isn't it? It's not asking your permission, it just makes it automatic, because the karma is there if you do not distance yourself from that. So, this retribution, this idea of retribution is coming from this fundamental… I was about to say an ugly word which goes very well in India, but I don't want to use that word here for you. (laughs) So, uh, what… this retribution comes from this idea that, you know, the parents and the teachers, in their own image, they created God. If you do something, they'll wrap you on your knuckles. Otherwise, they'll smack you in the face. Otherwise, they'll reward you with something chocolate cake. The same thing expanded, becomes hell and heaven. This is a very simplistic idea, selling for a long time. And every time I'm seeing uh, these days especially, I thought it was past but once again the younger people are doing this, everything, some… something good happens, bad happens, they look up. They're looking up for help see you're on a round planet hello is the planet round or flat what do you think in california is it round or flat so you're sitting on a round planet and the damn thing is spinning all the time and if you look up you're obviously looking up in the wrong direction hello yes or no do you know what is up in this cosmos hello Is it marked somewhere, this side up, this side down? No, you… you cannot even figure which is up and which is down. Go and ask people in Australia, which is up, they'll say like this. So, you do not even know what is up and what is down, but you're so knowledgeable about what is up there, this is dangerous. So, karma means… You are the maker of your life. When you... It doesn't mean that you created the planet, okay? It doesn't mean you created the cosmos. No, no, no. The maker of your life. Do not talk about things which are not in your experience. If you talk about something which is not in your experience, if we put it very bluntly, we have to just say you're bloody lying. Hello? Just... just look at the society look at the scriptures look at the religions look at the philosophies sincerely just as a simple human being look at it how much lie how much truth enormous amount of lies passing on from generation to generation generation to generation if you stop this then you will come to terms with your karma and you can become the maker of your life if you You know, I may think I'm a yogi from Southern India, okay, mystic from Southern India, not an easy thing. So if I walk off this thing, well, I will crash on my head. Or you think I'll walk away in the air? What do you think? Come on, have some trust. This happened. A Jewish rabbi went to Israel. He was very excited first time from America he went to Israel and uh, he went to Lake Galilee so he asked the boatman I want to take a ride take me across the lake and bring me back how much The guy said five hundred dollars said what for a half an hour boat ride five hundred dollars it shouldn't cost more than 50. He said, five hundred dollars, are you not getting it because this is not just a lake. This is a sacred place. Do you know? On this lake, Jesus himself walked upon the water. Then the rabbi looked at the boatman and said, Well, I can imagine at this price, anybody would walk. (laughs) Please, (laughs) if you have question. Hi, Sadhguru, my name is Majid. I have a um, personal question. Um, when the COVID came uh, about, I felt that um, it was a pause for me from, uh, as you said, as a human being, I was always doing, and there uh, was in a rat race, and I thought it was a pause for me to really become a being. And then I see the moment that there's an opening, I, Go back to that same brat race. Do you have any tool that I can use to really stay with the being rather than the doing? (laughs) See, uh, a being does not mean that you don't have to do, or if you do, your being is not going to get corrupted. Because I'm in action. This doesn't mean my action will corrupt me. The problem is, The residual impact of the action is staying with me. This is what we are referring to as karma. Every action, when I say every action, as you sit here, your body is doing its things. Your mind is doing its things. Your emotions are doing their things. Your energies are doing its own thing. This is true whether you are in wakefulness or in sleep. All the time. But let us take wakefulness let's say from the moment you woke up today morning to this moment how much of these four dimensions of activity are you doing did you perform consciously if you look at it for almost everybody in the world it's way below one percent if you want to understand what is the consequence of such a life ah i won't give you a car because that will be dangerous to other people we will give you a bicycle. Ten minutes you will ride this bicycle, but out of these nine minutes you will keep your eyes closed. Do you know where? We know where to pick you up, all right? In this mountain, the next bend we know, you're gone. Yes or no? Yes. You're very good, maybe the next one. So, right now, when you live accidentally, anxiety is normal because people are so anxious they think their activity is a problem in every activity they're anxious what will happen what will happen because of this they think activity is a problem no no activity is not the problem your anxiety is the problem anxiety has come because you're living accidentally if you live consciously why would you be anxious If you live consciously, your thought and emotion would happen the way you want it. If it happened the way you want, will you create anxiety? Because all the wonderful things that a human being can be has been exported to heaven. If you say joy, people say divine joy. If you say peace, people say divine peace. If you say love, people say God loves you. These are all human qualities. If you are willing, you can be joyful, you can be peaceful, you can be blissful, you can be loving. Hello? Even your dog is capable of doing it. Isn't it so? You don't have to go that far. Uh, You know, I'm in… our center is in Tennessee. Tennessee? You know Tennessee? Yes. It's a very beautiful place. And uh, it's a large center, it's the largest meditation uh, facility in the Western Hemisphere, really. Still we have not advertised because we're still doing many things and it's always full. So, (laughs) we have not put it out in the country. So, I was new in Tennessee. It's a small little village, you know, like a small town called McMinnville. So I'm walking through this town and I'm new there and uh, I'm smiling and saying hello to people. Some people very friendly and saying hello. Some people look through me like that because I'm just on the edge. Anybody a shade darker than this cannot be there in that town. I'm just on the edge you know (laughs) So they're looking at me like that. Then one huge man, this widened over six feet tall, comes and stands close to me, just a few inches away. I have to look at him like this. Mm -hmm. He looks down at me and says, God loves us. I said, the way you are, only God can love you (laughs) Before it went through years and all those complicated wires and got there, I was gone (laughs) i'm saying god loves you means nothing nobody around you can help loving you that's a great way to be hello make yourself in such a way everything a plant should love you an animal should love you human beings can't help it if you make yourself like that you are a worthy life god loves you he has to love the mistakes he has made So, being is not against you doing. It is just that life happens this way – being, doing, and then having. But right now, you've created a whole society where it's always about having. What is it? It's called? I'm sorry. It's American Dream (laughs) Most destructive idea (laughs) because they're telling me, if. All the 7.6 billion people on the planet should have what an average American citizen has. We need four and a half planets, but we know… we have only half. We have only half a planet, half has been scraped out, all right? So it is a bad dream, but it's come true for a whole lot of people. So first thing is having, I want that, that, that. What to do? Do something. Do whatever the hell, but get those things. So first having, then doing. Because you do this, you become something. This is completely against the natural order of life. So most successful people have the most miserable faces on the planet. Please look at this. I was, uh, you know, like I've been regularly there at the World Economic Forum. In 2008, when I was there, there was a little bit of a market fall and there was a kind of a minor depression in the market. These are all about 1,200 people. Everybody is a multi-billionaire, all right? That, yeah, they were all a little few billions less than what they were three months ago. There was a huge depression. So they asked me to handle… Uh, 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 a session called uh, mm, what recession and depression I said see recession is bad enough now you're depressed but now what is the choice we have see if the economy booms if all of you guys multiply your billions and economy booms we are damned If the economy goes into recession, you're depressed. I prefer that you're depressed, (laughs) rather than all of us being damned. (laughs) Yes, I'm telling you, if every… see, fortunately, fifty percent of the world's population is lazy. And they're the ones who are saving the world. Yes. If everybody used all their talent and intelligence and activity and everything, they became full-on busy. The world is finished in the next ten, fifteen years' time. Fifty percent of the population is lazy and they are saving the world. And it's such a shame that it's not human intelligence which saves this world, it's not human love which saves this world, it's not human sense which saves this world, it's human lethargy which saves the world (laughs) That's not nice, isn't it? But that's a reality right now. So don't think being means not doing. Establish your way of being and do whatever is needed in the world. What you get to have, will you get to have, don't put what you want first and then start doing things. This has become the norm, unfortunately, in this yeah. part of the world, for which everybody is going to pay a price. Am I being too abrasive?
0: Okay,
1: for one more question. Yes, yeah, better. Hello. Very wise words. Really
0: enjoying the session. I just want to ask you for one recommendation on what to do with those that we love around us that have become depressed, that they don't want any help, but you still care enough to want to help, and they're not letting them get
1: helped. See, mental health is, as a problem, is going into a proportion that we have not imagined before. The number of people getting mentally ill is unfortunately too high. That many people have no business to be ill. But unfortunately, it's happened. And it's getting younger and younger. When we were growing up, well, 12, 15-year-olds, can they ever get depressed? Simply no. Nobody can suppress us. But now, school children are depressed. I'm telling you, in the year 2018, because we ran a campaign in 2018 about this, uh, and we touched 46,000 schools to teach them simple ways to achieve some sense of mental health. That year, I think the previous year, 2017, 18,600 children below 18 years of age in India committed suicide. Out of this, 6,100 are below 15 years of age. That means between 10 and 15 years of age, a child is wanting to take his own life or her own life. This is a time when you're supposed to be exuberant and alive, all right. A ten-year-old child wants to kill himself or herself. What does this mean? We're doing something fundamentally wrong, isn't it? Hello. We're doing something fundamentally wrong. What is that wrong thing? I'm sorry. I'll I'll come to your thing, but we need to understand. This problem is not individual, it's becoming like a pandemic. The WHO is predicting there is going to be a mental health pandemic and there is going to be a suicide pandemic. Because suicide is shocking and it's in your face. But somebody is suffering within themselves, uh, they can ignore, you know, they'll go home and suffer, what's our problem? But it is potential. When suffering becomes, beyond bearable they'll want to take their life it's better to die than be like this this will naturally come when suffering becomes so much and we have elogized suffering that is also there in the name of philosophies in the name of religions in the name of ideologies we've elogized suffering we think suffering makes you profound well if you have a miserable face does it mean to say you're profound unfortunately this has been so in the world this image has been created so there are many 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 aspects i don't want to go into all that how do we help them see one thing is when once somebody is depressed or in some kind of mental state i don't want to give it a name depression manic depression this this these are more and more labels to people it's not necessary they are not feeling healthy and happy that's all essentially there is a natural urge within you to have pleasantness of body pleasantness of mind pleasantness of emotion and pleasantness of life and pleasantness of atmosphere around us isn't it so is there a natural longing in every life if your body becomes pleasant we call this health if it becomes very pleasant we call it pleasure if your mind becomes pleasant we call this peace if it becomes very pleasant we call it joy if your emotions become pleasant we call this love if it becomes very pleasant we call this compassion if your very life energies become pleasant we call this bliss. if it becomes very pleasant we call it ecstasy if your surroundings become pleasant we call it success only to create pleasantness of surrounding, you need the cooperation of all these people right now. If you want to keep this atmosphere pleasant, we need the cooperation of all these people. Any one of them can freak right now. Please don't. Don't think that's an instruction. (laughs) But for pleasantness of body, pleasantness of mind, pleasantness of emotion and pleasantness of energy, it is 100% my business, isn't it? This is why karma is very important. The way I experience my life is 100% my business. What happens around me is not 100% anybody's. Everybody has a piece in it, isn't it? Maybe you can push for a bigger piece, but nobody has 100% control over the external situation. But what happens here is 100% my situation, isn't it? This has not been inculcated in, inculcated in children. We right from young age, we are telling them, if you don't have this, oh, you have failed your exam and you are happy? How can you be? Hello? <laughs> you know, I… Uh, can I say, talk, say something about myself? Because there are no children I can say, no school-going children at least. When I went to school, all these monthly tests were there. I was very consistent. I always got six zeros (laughs) because I never wrote anything, not a word. If they insisted, I wrote my name (laughs) otherwise I just gave it. And then, uh, I don't know how it comes in United States. In India, for some reason, these stupid report cards are always yellow cards. They're not sealed just folded like this so every month this report card comes and within the classroom uh, some people are strutting around because uh, they are first second third something some people are sitting and crying they're afraid to go home because they didn't get whatever number they wanted i just took it and gave it to my father and my father always blew I thought my teacher is writing some nasty love letter to my dad. And he's… every time he sees this yellow card, he just blows. I never once opened and saw, because I thought this is a transaction between my teacher and him, why should I look into it, you know (laughs) Once… you know… But always I passed, I never got retained. I always… The final exam came, I just wrote enough to go to the next class. because. I don't want to be left in the old one, I want to go. So when I passed like this, uh, I got thirty-third rank. My father asked, uh, how many students in your class? I said, 33 (laughs) Said, you got thirty-third rank? I said, yeah, isn't that the highest number? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you must be number one what number one means this ugly thing is that you want to sit on top of all these people you're teaching children from day one that everybody should be below you always what you enjoy is not your success what you enjoy is other people's failure this is sickness you're setting forth sickness from the very beginning from the very beginning don't be surprised that so many children are becoming mentally ill. This is a fundamental. There are many, many other aspects in the society. And that continues everywhere. If your car is little shinier than my car, I am supposed to feel depressed. This is marketing. <laughs> in India, they are advertising, neighbors envy. we, you know, television set, neighbors envy. we. That's why you buy it. I met a very doyen of Indian automobile industry and he's a… he's a wonderful man. He's managing one of the largest companies in the world. And uh, he's passionately involved with flying and automobiles, racing and everything. So, we met, he came to the yoga center and uh, everybody thought we are going to talk spirituality, but we are talking engines, we are talking airplanes, both of us are are helicopter pilots, we are discussing, all these people are sitting and watching. We want some spirituality, but no engine is very spiritual. If you do it, tune it right. (laughs) So, this was going on and then I said, see, I read all the out automobile advertisement advertisements that come in the newspaper and magazines i'm not planning to buy any of them but i'm interested in machines anything that works whether it's human body or machine if it works i'm interested then i say what's happened you are such a passionate automobile person Internal internal combustion engine has ruled our life since we were 10 12 years of age now i know you're all tesla people uh, <laughs> uh but uh, i said when i look at your advertisements they're talking about the leather they're talking about the you know the wooden paneling they're talking about the stereo what is it that you're selling a car or a sitting room ah <laughs> uh, Sadhguru, who wants to buy a car they just want to buy paintwork he's saying it's frustrating because nobody appreciates a good machine for what it is because they are not buying it for driving pleasure They are buying it because they want their neighbor to burn his own soup. You think this is healthy? You think you will not be depressed like this? You should be, isn't it? Because it's such an unhealthy trend, which is brought into our schools, which has endured into every aspect of our life. This is just one aspect. It's because this one thing, if you remove, believe me, half the people won't be sick. So somebody's already there, what to do? See, there is no one magic wand. There isn't, unfortunately. The problem with mental, it's the physical ailment means, you can clearly see, you can put an x-ray, MRI, we can see what's wrong, what's wrong. With the mental thing, you don't know when they're really sick, when they're acting up, when they're what. You can't make out so many thousands of people that we have tried to help and we have brought brought many people out of depressions and other kinds of ailments but that takes long committed approach there is no quick magic wand one simple thing is if they are taking already on medication get to a, a nice kind of combo of medity medication which makes them reasonably free and they can think a little okay. better. If that happens, there are practices with which we can change your chemistry. Maybe three months, six months, in a dedicated way, if they approach it, we can change their chemistry from within. And slowly we can wean them off the medicines or the drugs that they are taking. It is possible. But in, in many cases, there is some pathological element, which is very difficult to handle. It, it's simply it goes out of hand whichever way you try to do it so uh, there is no one magic wand but if you have children if you bring uh, i'm even afraid to use the word yoga in los angeles (laughs) because it scares me what's happening uh huh well it's being done like a physical thing all right i have not seen too many i've been into one or two and uh, see yoga means union it is a device for you to obliterate the boundaries of your individual nature so that you can experience life beyond your physical boundaries when you make such a science into simply an exercise regimen well if i give you an airplane but you don't know this a flying machine. You want to bring it here, you know, it, it, these two ugly things is going to hit your trees and lampposts and everything. So you cut off these two things and drive it home and think it's a great car or a bus. Yes, it is. But somebody who knows what it means to fly looks at an airplane with chopped off wings, he will cry. That's how I feel. So there are yogic systems, I'm not talking yogic asanas, there are yogic systems with which you can change your very chemistry, but this needs a disciplined approach, it's not a magic wand, you have to work. So if there is a person like that, and obviously that person will have somebody, at least usually, unless they've crossed all boundaries, somebody that they reasonably trust and listen to, that somebody should come with that person and willing to spend three months, six months working, then it's possible, not absolutely so. It is possible. My name is Rose. How wonderful (laughs) I'm a a practitioner of Chinese medicine and we talk about um, cycles of Jing or I guess they're kind of um, Phases of consciousness or life stages um, for women, it's more like seven years, and men usually eight. And I'm curious in talking about karma and uh, transforming our patterns, or transforming in the hope of transforming our karma. Do you have a sense of whether that has a longer arc of the memory, as as you talked about? Um, being transformed. See, everything that's physical in the universe is cyclical in nature. If you take an atom, something is cyclical. If you take the entire cosmos, something is cyclical. Solar system, cyclical. Our own bodies, cyclical. So, what is the cycle, fundamental cycle of our human body? Well, Because uh, they are making faces at me that I'm (laughs) not living in time. So I will make this simple. But some part of it, I think, is addressed in the book. I don't know to what extent, because I have not read the book. It's some (laughs) time ago, some time ago since I finished the book. (laughs) So uh, the shortest cycle that can happen in human body is the lunar cycle, 28 days, which is the basis of our birth only because our mother's bodies physiologically our mother's bodies were in sync with the cycles of the moon we are here today otherwise we wouldn't be here today so that is the shortest cycle but in terms of karma in terms of psychological processes in terms of emotional aspects cycles can be made bigger even the physiological cycle can be stretched if apart from the reproductive cycle which is 28 days the rest of it you must move towards the solar cycle which is 4356 days which is nearly 12 years that is the best cycle that you can hit if you hit a solar cycle in your life then you will see the external situations have no impact on you everything you do is completely from within you this is something you need to achieve there is a little bit of work to do there is something called as surya kriya if you do this kriya slowly you're working towards pushing yourself into larger cycle see if the circle is very big it feels almost like you're going straight isn't it circle is small then your head will spin because so if you're karmic cycle gets into lunar cycle well you will be gone you will be gone that's why lunar and lunis is collect, connected you know yes it is if you get into the lunar cycle physiologically reproductive aspect of a woman is in the lunar cycle that's not the point but if your karmic cycle gets into lunar spin well you cross limits let's say it went into three month cycle Still, you're psychologically very disturbed. Six months, still imbalanced. You know somebody who is off and on, depressed and going here or there, but otherwise quite efficient and doing well. Maybe three-year cycle. Six-year cycle, pretty well balanced. Once in a way, they freak. Little provocation, they will freak. As it goes further away, the this atmosphere around you or the surroundings have less and less impact on you you are not provocable that means you become more and more of a complete life that is when you know what it means to be right now everything is in reaction it is not a conscious response this reaction mode is simply because the survival instinct the survival instinct is so dominant Simply because your identification with the body is so heavy right now and body is the front end when body is the front end Survival instinct is the most dominant instinct within you when that is on you can only be reaction You cannot be conscious response to anything So getting into the solar cycle from the lunar cycle Essentially is the journey in yoga as you know it is called hatha yoga Hata yoga means sun and moon yoga. Ha and tha are sun and moon. So it's a journey from moon to sun. That is, you make your cycle larger and larger. As you become larger, then you see there is a relaxation in the system. The body is at ease. Here we can't do it. In India means uh, we do a cobra test for you. That is… like a wild cobra if you just pick it up it should just come in your hands if it notices a little bit of any agitation in you it will go for you if your chemistry is completely balanced you can pick up a cobra like this it'll simply come in your hands you will see there are many many images and videos where i'm handling a king cobra king cobra has enough venom to kill an elephant in if it bites you in the body six to eight minutes is all you have a lot of time so this cobra test is very simple you go pick up the cobra it should come undisturbed in your hands this is why wherever there is a yogi there is a cobra you have seen Adi yogi has a cobra around him this is a a way of saying that he is in such a state even if he keeps the cobra here it never bites him because the cobra is at ease Because his chemistry is absolutely balance above all balance whatever talents you have whatever intelligence you have whatever capabilities you have all of them will work for you only if there is a fundamental sense of balance above all balance if there is no balance your intelligence is a curse it works against you right now human beings are only suffering their intelligence Hello? If you had half the brain that you have, you would be very peaceful. Hello? (laughs) It is the cerebral activity that you're not able to handle. Lot of people think they would be better off being an earthworm. Of course, it's true. The problem is evolution, that you have been brought to a place where there is immense possibilities. Unharnessed possibilities are serious problems. Right now that is the human state. So whatever system, wherever it comes from, essentially you are trying to move into a larger cycle which is definitely a good thing.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode with Sadhguru. Check out his new book titled Karma and sign up for his new commune course, Wisdom of the Mystic at onecommune.com slash wisdom. Always feel free to drop me a line at jeffk at onecommune.com and follow my occasional rantings on Instagram at Jeff Krasno. and make my mom proud by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you.